From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. Well, this week, the COVID storm, you know, blew on. Tim Pool made the headlines, at least sort of on the, on X or on Twitter, when he sort of had a meltdown in studio about, uh, not you know, people needing to move on from holding Trump's feet to the fire about his involvement with COVID and calling himself the daddy of the vaccines and whatnot, and then Anomaly and Owen Benjamin and a lot of other sort of you know, you know, freedom fighting truth teller, uh, people, I guess, uh, sort of snapped back and made controversial videos back at Tim. And it's like kind of fun, a little bit of drama. And I'm wondering what my next guest thinks of all that, because, uh, he's somebody that spoke truth to power as a musician and an artist during that time when any one of us that did got canceled so i'm wondering if he agrees with tim on that or uh, anomaly that's saying it's not over yet anyway gene owens is an atlanta-based singer songwriter and the creative force behind the band faithless town faithless town's newest release into the light is a two-part album that explores the themes of love empathy revelation and defiance to tyranny plus he's got a new song coming out on friday that he's going to play with us tonight called woke town gene welcome to the show how are you joseph i'm doing great thanks for having me back on it's always a pleasure to be here thanks for coming back on my friend it's been way too long so uh what did you think to what i said in the intro about did you happen to catch the tim pool meltdown and the anomaly response to all that I, you know, I missed that that drama. I guess that was unfolding on, on Twitter probably or X over yeah. the last few days. But hearing it, you know, I, I'm I think Trump is a con man personally. I think, you know, he made these promises like he's going to lock up Hillary. You know, Hillary didn't get locked up over the last over, you know, during his presidency. We all got locked up. You know, he was the sitting president during the greatest government overreach in our lifetime. Um, and you know, he didn't, he didn't call on the feds to make sure that California and New York kept churches open when they were banning religious gatherings, when they were shuttering churches and arresting priests, like Trump was not there to, to support our constitutional rights. And he's also, he brags about the, what a great achievement those injections were. And he brags to this day about operation warp speed. Um, the list goes on and on. I mean, he had Anthony Fauci as the head of his coronavirus task force. Um, he he at any point could have removed him. He could have corrected the course. He was the the leader of the free world. So I think too many people just want have hero worship for Trump, and um, they need to abandon it because I I think he's a controlled asset of the parasite class, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they need to at least be able to hold his feet to the fire about mRNA and COVID and all that. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous, I think, to say that that doesn't matter anymore when they're still pushing these things and we're still living in the aftermath of it and the and still in it, really. And disease X is uh, right, you know, coming up, coming up hot, so to speak. 
So it's interesting. The other thing I was uh, checking out with what Anomaly was saying, and this is kind of scary, was that the left is promoting Trump. And the weird thing that happened, because DeSantis was way out in the lead in certain polls before a few months back, and then in his, in, with Trump's indictment, suddenly that flipped. They turned him into a, a hero and everybody uh, tried to get behind him now. And that the idea being that he will be easier to beat than anybody else. Um, and then Nikki Haley, who's basically a Democrat um, in disguise as a Republican, will become the nominee. That's the sort of nightmare scenario. What do you think? Well, I think... I think the Democrats and just most of the the left are obsessed with Trump. Like they they can't stop, you know, like they didn't need to indict Trump and try to remove him from the ballots uh, or try to, you know, lock him up for taking, you know, having classified documents, which he at any point could have declassified and it wouldn't even have been a crime. You're right. Um, they're obsessed with him. Like Trump derangement syndrome is is a, a real phenomenon, and it's it's really done a number on those on the left. It I feel like it's broken brains, and like they have this like hateful obsession with the guy, and and I think that that guy is really just a character. If you go back to you know like two thousand eight and watch the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump, and you have this this whole lineup of A-list celebrities and like Seth MacFarlane from uh, Family Guy is Family the MC. Guy. Yeah, I mean, Snoop Dogg's there. All these people are just kissing his butt. He's he's playing a role, you know, but the, the left is just, they're obsessed with it. And they like per having this quote unquote despot or dictator, this evil figure to challenge. And then it makes everything that they do somehow virtuous and um, justifiable. And it works both ways. Trump derangement syndrome is on the right too, but it's just inverted. It's like you, you can't criticize him. You can't question anything. And anybody that does isn't part of the sort of inner circle or the team, you know, the MAGA team. And that's ridiculous as well. It's so it's like, yeah, it's he's this exaggerated character that you're not either allowed to criticize at all or remotely like at all like it, it's it's super black and white and that's just obviously insane i guess it is yeah it's trump derangement syndrome on one side it's trump savior syndrome on the other side right <laughs> yeah i don't know it, it's it's crazy i i was starting to like vivek you know I, uh, what he was saying and and his uh he just has a sharp mind. He's young. It's new energy. And of course, everyone then says he's a plant and and don't trust him and all this. But I was starting to like his energy. And uh, so it's you know, it's too bad he dropped out. But I don't know. Who knows, man? It, it, on some level, we're probably watching a movie or something, right? It's just professional wrestling at this point, man. I think yeah. uh, American politics, it's just WWF. You know, it, it reminds me of uh, it, it's like seeing Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and, uh, you know, Randy Savage or whatever, the Macho Man going at it. It's it's just all theater. And I and it's sad because, you know, there, there are real, comp, you know, real uh, repercussions and consequences of these people being in power and the way it affects the everyday person. But um, 
I don't know. I'm just starting to think that it's all rigged and that any real change is going to have to come from the bottom up, from people, from our communities and from each other and not from some elected official. Do you think people are waking up to that fact? I mean, personally speaking, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I take the whole thing as almost professional wrestling. It's hard for me to get invested in it at this point. But do you think society in general is starting to wake up to this? Or do you think everyone's as bamboozled as they've ever been? I, I definitely think a lot of people have woken up. Um, I think the last three years, the last four years now, was you know great time of revelation for a lot of people, of uh, disillusionment and losing faith in uh, long-held, uh, you know, authority, politics, uh, the, the medical industry, the medical, you know, the CDC, the FDA, all those, those regulatory bodies. Um, so yeah, I do, I do think people are waking up and there are like anarchist movements and things like Anarchapulco that are happening. And there's a lot of community building that I see taking place. Like right now, this past week, while the great reset meetings were happening right in Davos at the World Economic Forum. There's um, like the the alternative that was taking place led by Derek Bros and John Bush and some people in the freedom community down in Mexico. And like every year they've been doing this like parallel meeting where while the the one percent of one percent elitists that are taking private planes to meet in Davos and try to decide our future these unelected oligarchs. At the same time, there's there's good people that are building communities and trying to create an alternative society and a parallel system to that that are meeting at the same time. So um, that gives me hope. I do think people are waking up. It's so interesting, that whole concept that consciousness is expanding and people are coming together to do stuff like this because that was not happening and it wouldn't happen you know, without the cause and the effect of tyranny making an attempt and being so overt about it, you know, that now all of a sudden, you know, the fact that we're talking here on TNT radio, it's a great example of it. You know, this completely free speech platform has risen out of the ashes of COVID tyranny and so much has as well that, I mean, as as potentially catastrophic as our world seems to be it's also equally i would say blossoming in new ways don't you think i think so i i really do believe so i i hope a lot of people you know have like found their their kin and their their freedom family over the last few years because i i do think that's where the hope for the future lies is in community building and um on the grassroots level and and that's the opposite of what these people want for us. You know, the like people like the World Economic Forum and the Klaus Schwab's and the Bill Gates of the world. They want everybody living in isolation and experiencing life through screens and Oculus Rift visors. Um, they don't want people coming together in the real world and connecting and building communities and, and bonds of relationships. True. And the other aspect that's shifting is wokeism, which leads to your new song. Um, talk about the theme of the new song coming out on Friday. Absolutely. So the song is called Woke Town, and it is really about calling out how authoritarian and 
really anti-liberal the modern left has become um, through quote unquote wokeness. And, you know, as somebody that I, I will have, I, I would consider myself on the left, even though the modern left is, is, is unrecognizable to me. Um, but I've been part of the left most of my adult life because the left historically were anti-war, were distrustful of corporate power and the pharmaceutical industry. They were in support of bodily autonomy for women's rights. They were opposed to censorship. And how much of that, if any of it, can be said about the modern left now? None. None whatsoever. <laughs> and I totally agree with you. I, I feel exactly the same way. I, I always thought I was a leftist <laughs> until I started getting called alt-right, you know? And then all of a sudden I said ceasefire and I was back with the wokesters. So it's it's really confusing. I just follow those principles that you just spoke of. That's just still what I believe. Free speech, I'm anti-war, I'm pro-peace, you know, bodily autonomy, Big Pharma is obviously corrupt as it comes. It's just blatant, you know? And and if you say those very simple, matter of fact, the the height of rational things to say, you get called a, a lunatic so often. Lately, it's just so bizarre and it's still happening. Yeah, and I do think that's because of this, um, because of the trend of wokeism or wokeness. And it really is an anti-liberal leftism you know and it has it has really corrupted the minds of good decent people on the left and i think what it you know there's a lot of people that have it's been described as like a god sized hole in them and they need this they need something to fill that and and so it, wokeness is not only is a kind of like a political ideology and a totalitarian one at that but it's also become a religion of sorts, right? It has its original sin of privilege or whiteness. It has its its own saints like Fauci and uh, you know, or you know, George Floyd. It has its sacraments of these injections or masks. It has become like this crazy repressive faith, a, a secular religion in a way. That's such a good way to put it, man. I never heard anyone. I hope the lyrics say that because that was <laughs> great, dude. That was like the sacrament thing. I never really thought about it like that, but it's really true. Do you think it's a spirit? You know, uh, it's interesting too because this guy, Jesse Lee Peterson, is pretty controversial and he says a lot of good things about spirituality, but he also says things, and he's a black guy, and he says racism doesn't exist. And that's obviously very sort of controversial. Um, and and obviously a white guy really couldn't say that. But his point is there's good and there's evil, you know? And when you put isms on things, that's when you're confusing and separating and dividing. And so I think it's really helpful. And plus it also gets people out of victim consciousness, which does them no favors. To, to hold a whole race of people into a victim class you're not helping those people. It's no one gets helped by identifying as a victim. That's just basic psychology, right? Absolutely. And and also that was another thing about historically about the left and about liberalism. It was like like Martin Luther King was 
advocating for colorblindness, that to judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. But the the cult of woke is that that is antithetical to them. They have to if you're white, you are already already born an oppressor. You could be a newborn white baby and you the color of their skin makes them an oppressor. That that is just textbook racism. None of yeah, these it's things. Just race, yeah. It's if just, racism it, exists, that's racism. Too. That's racist, yeah. you know? Exactly. It's evil. If you want to go with it his is. line of thinking, it's just evil. Basically, it's evil, you know? It's it's evil to cast people aside based on, you know, anything, really. It's evil to cast people aside, basically. Absolutely. There's a we all have a bond of humanity and we we really should have equality um across that and people shouldn't be judged because of their you know sex their sex or the color of their skin or any immutable characteristic um but that's what woke does it is identity-based marxism it takes the the tenets and the concept of marxism of the bourgeoisie at the top the ruling class and the proletariat the worker class and it takes that and applies it to gender and it applies it to race and it applies it to sex. And um, so it has everybody pitted against each other. And if you look at it, who really benefits from that? All it does is divide the 99% of us while the 1% are just laughing their way all the way to the bank. You know, that's why Lockheed Martin and these arms manufacturers, they're happy to sponsor gay pride floats and parades. Like they don't really care. They never. They don't care about humanity. They're making profits by making weapons of destruction that blow up entire villages and murder people indiscriminately. Um, those are the people that are benefiting. The one percent and the war profiteers are benefiting from this insane ideology, um, and it needs to be stomped out. You know, it's time. The message of this song and what I'm trying to put forth is: it's time to make the left liberal again. That's great. Make America great again. Make the left <laughs> liberal again. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured, in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping a hundred on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. 
They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. TNTradio.live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work, and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. And we're back with Faithless Town's Gene Owens. We were talking about wokeism. So, Gene, I, I see Jordan Peterson tweet tweeting about wokeism and saying how destructive it is. Um, and then you hear that people are getting sick of wokeism. I, it's hard to tell because I was sick of it a long time ago, but it does seem to be that it's like losing its allure. Do you think it presents a clear and present danger still, or do you think it's... Uh, in its death, final death moments. Um, I would like to think it's in its final death moments, but I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, I I live in a small college town of Athens, Georgia, which you know historically was known for having a, a amazing music scene, and this place has been completely captured, especially the arts and music community, by woke. And um, they will tolerate no dissenting voices. And that's the thing about wokeness is it it is totalitarian in that aspect where if you don't subscribe to the dogma, then you, uh, you know, you'll be ostracized and shamed. And so what I see the, the one of the most uh, detrimental things about wokeness is how it's affecting the arts, like it's literally destroying art. Like there, there's the, you know, there's the climate activists that are going into museums and throwing paint and soup on Van Gogh paintings and literally destroying art. And then there's all sorts of musicians and artists that can't play shows or getting canceled from playing venues because uh, of a song they wrote or some interview that they did that somehow goes against the dogma of the woke. And um, that's just a horrible place for people to create art and um you know, but yeah, I, I think it's still really detrimental. I think it's an existential threat to to Western civilization and to all the good things that we have achieved and liberalism and being progressive has achieved. You know, it, it's setting us back. It's it's it is such a repressive thing. It's like the modern woke left. They're very similar to like the right of the 50s. They're pro censorship. They they uh, hate uh they're not really strong on women's rights. They are pro, you know, they hate Russia. They're pro censorship. Actually, I heard there's points made by uh, your friend Mark Crispin Miller recently, and I was like, mm. that really stuck with me. It's like there was a lot of similarities between the modern left That's and the right wing of the 50s. He is my homie. I love that guy. We did, we did a podcast uh, together called Propaganda Police. I think we only did three episodes or something like that, but it's like, um, he's a great guy. Um, I, I follow his sub stack and, uh, wish him well. I know he's struggling with Lyme's disease. Um, so say your prayers for Mark Crispin Miller. I think he's on the men though, but, um, 
Yeah, it's true with wokeism. Though I usually find myself in circles of people who, you know, kind of acknowledge that all of it's nonsense. I think your experience seems to be different. And I guess maybe because you're in a college town or something. Um, when you're out in your community and do you ever like, you know, you're in a conversation with someone and maybe it comes up something about wokeism and then you might say something to see to take the temperature of the other person like are are you a wokester or not and and it sounds like when maybe you do that you uh get met with a blank stare like what do you mean of course i'm a wokester oh i mean this place is like 100% captured and i think that's because <laughs> a lot of this a lot of these ideological things are coming from academia so it's completely captured man i mean there's it's trans flags on the walkways downtown it's the mayor leading the the mayor and the our council members leading the blm r rallies it's uh spending you know millions of dollars of tax money to move old statues um because they're not because they're problematic you know it's it's done here, man. Uh, like, I'm trying to make my escape. But yeah, I mean, in this song, Woke Town, that we have coming out, it was really inspired by um, I by getting canceled last year by the Athens music scene. Like, I can't play a show here. Like, I'm blacklisted. I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, I'm like Kid Rock in their eyes or something. Or mm. the, the alt-right, like, I, I've had Athens. Athens trolls call me, uh, you know, it's like Wilco if you replace Jeff Tweedy with Jordan Peterson. <laughs> mm. Which that is sounds pretty funny. good, actually. You should you should definitely put that on a T-shirt, man. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I would I would make a poster of that if I were you. Yeah, I'm gonna just start using the trolls. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes their their critiques are are good. I like that one a lot. But um, yeah, it's it's just wild. And, and I see it happening to more people. You know, there's there's this guy that just emerged or he just came on my radar, Tennessee Jet. He's a songwriter from Oklahoma and he has a song called Two Plus Two. And it's um, right. It's a reference to George Orwell's 1984. Right. right? Two plus two equals five. And it's talking all about the modern left. And, um, you know, this guy's he's he's having shows getting canceled by venues in Oklahoma. Like you wouldn't think that this kind of uh woke repressive stuff is happening in middle america or happening in the south but it is it's happening in small towns it's it's not just happening in new york city or los angeles um and really man it's like you're the lowest karmic life if you're going after trying to silence and de-platform art artists you know you don't like what somebody has to say you don't like their artistic vision don't buy it don't support it but to try to make it so artists can't make a living or can't uh, express themselves, it's, it's disgusting to me. Yeah, it's antithetical to art, really. It's wild because the principles of freedom of speech should prevail, really. It's, it's weird that people wouldn't see that, you know, because what kind of world are they creating? pretty soon they're going to be the ones saying something you're not allowed to say that's how that works and and you've made the monster that is going to consume you so anyway play us this song man if you don't mind i'd love to hear it woke town the I new single mind. coming out friday all right there's a little a little touch of reverb let me know if that still sounds all right mm -hmm. 
All right, there we go. Say that hate has no home here Where they bully and harass Try to make you live in fear They'll tell you that they're all about Diversity and love Where they burn your business down Lies, scream, shove There ain't no love in woke town there ain't no love in Wolf Town. Round here they don't believe in Jesus or God. They worship new idols like Fauci the Fraud. They want your muzzle with a mask upon your face. And make sure you're carrying your vax card so it makes them feel safe there ain't no love in wolf town there ain't no love in wolf town there ain't no love there ain't no love there two sexes they'll call you a racist a transphobe a bigot and if you don't bend the knee and toe the party line they'll try to cancel you and ruin your whole life cause there ain't no love in woke town there ain't no love in in woke town gene owens from faithless town giving us woke town it's a new single coming out this friday uh gene where can people find that uh it should be available everywhere come friday so um probably the best place if you want to support it is find it on itunes and buy it download it let's try to get it on the charts you know politics are downstream of culture and um you know we're in a culture war right now let's let's push something like this up on the charts instead of uh, whatever garbage might be sitting there right now. <laughs> I think the group vocal, correct me if I'm wrong, comes in on that. There ain't no love. Is that right? 
Yeah, so there's kind of like that breakdown part that I did on the, in the acoustic version. Uh, it just breaks down to like everyone clapping and there's this big sing-along part that has Brad from Five Times August. It has um, my friends Tim Thompson, who's a really talented songwriter from Savannah. It has my friend Mano Elia, who uh, is a, a singer-songwriter down in Mexico. Um, and it has my friend Robert Jude, who's another phenomenally talented uh, songwriter based in New York. So they're all singing nice. in this big section. And then we have a an unnamed uh, female singer that we'll just call Lady Liberty that uh, is singing some really soulful kind of Rolling Stones, Gimme Shelter-esque Colin response vocals at the end. Nice. Can't wait, man. I hope it gets on the charts for you. I hope so, too. And uh, I'm looking forward to your new, your new album, Joe. Yeah, I'm working. I got a lot of, lot of studio sessions out there in Apache Junction with Lance Davis co-producing and mixing. And it's sounding, uh, it's sounding big. It's cool. Because a lot of times I can do everything myself, so I'll sometimes just sort of divert to that. But when I invite someone else into the project, it, it expands in a great way. And then when I review the best work of my past, I realized all of it was collaborative, really. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I made a couple good albums where it was I sort of did everything. But by and large, there's something about spirits mingling that helps art out. What do you think to that? How important is collaboration in making music and art in general? I think it's a, a really beautiful thing. I, I, I love to collaborate. I, I find myself like usually doing a lot myself, um, you know, in terms of the songwriting process and kind of arranging um, and producing. But I love collaborating with other artists. Like last year, we did a collaboration with uh, the folk duo Winsome Kind from Canada and the female counterpart of that group, Wins um, Leora Joy Perry sang on our song bride that we put out in february and, and i think i was actually on your show last year and we were, i was talking about it yep. and it was kind mm -hmm. of a an ode to my wife and a celebration of love and marriage and union um and yeah so i think collaboration is a really beautiful important thing and i'd, I'd like to do it more i want and that's why you know I, I love having like reaching out to like freedom-minded people like yourself and brad from five times and and trying to do more and more collaborations because I feel like that's one of the best things that's come out of the past few years. We've, we've all found each other. Those of us that were refusing to play segregated shows and kind of bend a knee to the insanity, um, we found each other and that's a really blissful thing and a, a very cool, hopeful thing. And speaking of that, uh, speaking about that, I love the new collaboration you did with Brad on In the Sun. I have to say, man, I, I might I might even like that version better than the original. It's so beautiful. I love how it's arranged. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. The original's no, amazing too, but no, I love the production awesome. on the new one. Yeah, thanks, man. That was Brad's idea. It was sort of Brad's inspiration. Um, we were at Jam for Freedom, and he was like, I want to do a cover of In the Sun. And I was like, sure, man, that's awesome. And then uh, we decided to make it a duet, and it was... Uh, it was cool to do it with them. Um, you know, it, I agree with you. The The fact that we have found those of us that aren't afraid to use our voices when it's, when it's really difficult to do so, it's hard not to respect that. You know, it's hard. I mean, 
it sounds braggadocious, I guess, or if that's a word. I think it's a word. My dad it used to say word. it a lot. If it's not, so... you made it a word. Yeah. <laughs> My dad used to say it. He's got the weirdest vocabulary in the world, but he would say braggadocious. And so, I mean, because I spoke up, so it sounds braggadocious. But it's true, man. You can't deny it. And I'm wondering what you think about that. I got to go to a break, but I'm wondering what you think about um the changing of the tides now it seems for sure that i would think by and large most rational people are at least suspicious of the mrna and um are at least questioning it if they're not i'm sorry you're in the you're in the way minority and there's some kind of stockholm syndrome happening there's just no other explanation for it with what we're seeing so I'm, and, and it's interesting that you're still getting so much pushback in your little town. That's too bad. I mean, I think we're all still getting pushback, but it does feel like it's opening up. And I want to find out when we come back if it's opening up for you. And if you're nervous about woke town, man, you're writing another one that's going to hit them between the eyes, man. You're not ingratiating yourself to that little college town or doing yourself any favors there unless they wake up from woke town. Hey, there's a song right there. And I wonder, do you think it's mass formation, psychosis, and Stockholm Syndrome or something that's keeping them there? But let's get that answer right after these words on TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving and get away with it, think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello. So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone, you can stop it or cop it. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And we're back with Gene Owens from Faithless Town, who just premiered his great new song called Woke Town. But Gene, are you concerned at all that this is going to make your life more difficult in that town called Athens you reside in? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I know I'm kicking a hornet's nest by putting it out. And, um, but I've kind of just given up on this town. Like it's, it's, it's sad, but it's just dominated by two things that I really have no interest in. And one is, uh, like, frat culture and college football and then and wokeness and it's weird because those things seem so uh diametrically opposed right or opposite or different but that's those two things rule this town um 
and conservatives here, and I wouldn't label myself a conservative, but conservatives here, they live like homosexuals in the 30s here. Like it's in whispers and it, which is wild because it's a Southern town. It's a small town in Georgia. Um, but conservatives are afraid to be vocal and speak out and do anything like they keep their mouths shut. Um, and, and during COVID, every music venue, every music venue in Athens required proof of the injection to go to a show. They either required proof of the injection. Still. Well, still. not still, but but during when things reopen, uh, every right. venue, the 40 watt flicker theater, nowhere bar from the smallest little tiny place to the Georgia th to the bigger venues, every place here required proof of that injection. And they were all aligned on that. And there was hmm. not one dissenting voice. Why do you think people choose to put themselves in such limited identities? You, you spoke of the college town of either frat culture or wokeism, and those do seem diametrically opposed. Maybe they're not anymore. I don't know. But why do you think humanity has that tendency? I mean, I guess we're tr tribalism would be one explanation, but what, what's your take on that? Because it seems so much more interesting and fun to be open-minded and be able to sort of play with your identity and, and sort of consider new things and maybe think you were wrong about something and shift and just be open-minded. Uh, you know, we used to value open-mindedness and, and, you know, I, I don't know. Why do you think people do that? Yeah, I think tribalism is a big part of it. I think, you know, like you mentioned uh, the, um, the mass formation psychosis you know that that whole theory behind that and why people fell for the the scam of covid is is because they were already so isolated and they have all this free floating anxiety right and then and and there's we're so disconnected from each other even though we have the ability to connect with people through the internet you know uh at the press of a button thousands and thousands of miles away on the other side of the, the planet. Um, but we've never been more isolated. And I think people have, as a result, have just kind of reverted to like some weird primitive tribalism as a result. Like this is how my team thinks and this is how my team, you know, acts on social media. And like a lot of people live their life like half in the real world and half digitally. And they have to have this identity that, um, I think it's driven by social media in a lot of ways is driving this new tribalism. Like you got to put the black square on your Instagram page to stand with this. You have to choose a side um, in everything, you know? And yeah, I, I don't know how we, we break that other than just getting back connected in real life and embracing, you know, and being able to be friends with people that, that have differences from us. Like everyone's just been like, yeah, you know, we should be able to, it's a lot more interesting than be surrounded by people that challenge you and you don't share all the same opinions. Totally, man. I, I, I'm friends with people that think I'm nuts <laughs> and I think they're friends with me. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's a one-sided <laughs> friendship, but 
Yeah, it, you know, I heard something about like only 10% of people can be leaders and that's like a design of human evolution. And I guess that makes sense because if there was a world full of leaders, everyone would be leading in a different direction and people would scatter and that nobody could get anything done. So maybe that has something to do with it. And we just didn't notice before there was this social media and and this kind of agenda to divide and conquer. And so now, you know, the 90% that are just sort of evolved into being followers uh, for the betterment of all, um, it's working against us because there's some sort of nefarious characters out there programming, um, you know, faulty software into their uh, sheepish heads, maybe. Well, it, it's made this like black or white kind of thing, right? Like you're either you're either MAGA or you're like a good dim blue woke person and there's no in between. Um, we all live in the in between and uh, yeah, we, it's just, we got to find a way to get out of these divisive times. And yes, I know I'm saying that as I'm about to put out a song woke town where it's, I'm basically calling out <laughs> it is I'm crit scathingly critiquing kind of a, a side of the the political sphere here but it is because we need to get away from the, the this insane division and realize that we all have that shared bond of humanity and we can have differences and we don't have to agree on everything and just because somebody has a controversial position or you might think it's controversial it doesn't mean that they are you know whatever horrible label gets affixed to them you know, it's, we just got to get out of this black or white thinking. It's like if you criticize Biden, that doesn't automatically make you a Trump supporter and vice versa. Um, it just got to get away from this like false dichotomy, this black and white world and thinking. Embrace the gray zone, man. Yeah. Well, I think also people love conflict because that engages the ego you know and people are addicted to their egos and so the egos will latch on to that and it's the opposite of the spiritual we are oneness we are all one and and i mean ultimately being in that we are one presence place is much more peaceful and um wonderful than being in the ego but it's probably and definitely at first not as much fun the ego is fun it's a weird hell on earth kind of fun but it is like this like yeah I, my i feel alive you're bad that makes and i'm powerful because i can sit here and be your judge and i think that you know that's like the original sin the knowledge of good and evil so it's uh judgment is a hell of a drug i guess we could say absolutely and i i think a lot of that is being driven by the social media that's you know, it's just narcissism, man. It's unbridled narcissism where people can't tolerate a, an opinion that is different than their own. It's like their way is the right way and everybody right. else be damned. Um, yeah. And, and like you were saying is the ego likes the conflict, but the algorithms like the conflict too, right? That's the stuff. Well, that the algorithms like the computer's ego, if you think about it. Yes. And that's what gets, you know, the more incendiary something is or the more like, you know, controversial or whatever, it, that's the thing or the thing that's getting like the most hate 
is blows up and the algorithm is showing you that they're not showing you like today peace and love and and somebody (laughs) saved their neighbor's cat from a tree and somebody like went out and made food for the homeless today and it was a beautiful thing Uh, oh well we're maybe we're doomed anyway you were gonna you weren't planning on doing another number but you got one dialed up for us what you gonna do I think I can do it. Uh, I'm going to play a song. It's an oldie, but a goodie. It's uh, a song called Ghost of My Hometown. And it is uh, from our first album, American Refugee. And it's really about growing up in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we'll give it a go. I'm going to crank up the verb again. And uh, let's give it a shot. You ready for that? Yeah, ghost of my hometown, Gene yes, Owens. Here we go. I was born in the valley where the three rivers meet. The Ohio, Monongahela, and the Allegheny. And along those river banks sit the faithless factories My father's ghost haunt those halls with every breath I breathe I saw what they took from him and I swear They won't do that to me They won't do that to me shadow of the penitentiary where the poor working toil believing they are free and the sweet bells of mercy float on the evening breeze the winter comes early and the still waters freeze the gothic cathedral stands with an eye that never blinks Like a shiver I can't shake Or a high lonesome sound The ghost of my hometown I remember the south side under a blanket of snow And standing in the cold Tossing rocks at your window Climb down from your room and the city would come alive We'd take the 10th street bridge to Oakland strung out like Christmas lights But now those days are gone, I'm left haunted by how you died And the ghost of my hometown followed me around From the west back to the east into the Like a shiver I can't shake Or a high and lonesome sound The ghost of my hometown
rivers I'm always trying to lead The spirit of the Iroquois and Shawnee Humpy's Hills Like the echo of my father's voice in abandoned steel mills And the ghost of this girl I loved who took too many designer pills Like a shiver I can't shake Or a high lonesome sound Goes to my hometown Like a shiver I can't shake or a high lonesome sound, the ghost of my hometown. What a song, man. I had chills half the time, dude. <laughs> it was so good. So well, good, man. So wow. Holy moly. Great lyrics, man. What do you think it is about those songs that reflect from our childhood that are sometimes those are people's most incredible songs and like that song is so good lyrically what do you think it is about um digging into the past when making making art making music that's powerful i think it's you know those are the things that make us those are the things that where we we've kind of become a a, a formed person you know, where our personality is being formed. And like that song is like that. I try to put in all the things like my father uh, did work in the steel mills, right? Like I wow. was I was basically raised by my, my grandparents. And so the man I think of as my father was my biological grandfather. And he worked in the steel mills. And he, mm. um, you know, he tell me stories about guys like losing their arms and the presses and stuff and the furnaces. Yep. And, you know, my, my first girlfriend, uh, you know, she passed, she, uh, she OD'd on amphetamines and like, mm. she was a beautiful soul and like a beautiful, tragic soul that it's like one of those people that like, I just felt like she never got a, a fair hand. And you I did for me, my song. friend. I got, yeah. Thanks, did you say designer pills? I gotta be brief. Cause we only have one yeah. minute left designer, designer pills, huh? Was that the designer lyric? pills is that lyric? Yeah. yeah and that I, was if anybody wants to check out that song, it's on American refugee. It's called ghost of my hometown beautiful stuff man gene tell everyone where to find you uh you can find us at faithlesstown.com and at faithlesstown everywhere on the socials we're on x instagram faith facebook all that stuff gene you are an american treasure my friend i appreciate your work listen if you're wilco with jordan peterson fronting it i think your voice is better than his but dude <laughs> That's not a bad thing. And I appreciate your service to songwriting and and speaking out, man. So keep going and thank you for coming on. Thanks, Joseph. Right back at you, man. Look forward all to right, the next brother. time. And we'll get you back on when it comes out and all that, man. We'll have to have you back on. But thanks for doing the songs and see you real soon. Listen, keep listening, everybody. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. TNT.